0: Let's get this W on three. One, two, three. W podcast hosted by Princess and Love. What's up beautiful people? Thank you for
1: tuning in to the W podcast. You are listening now to episode 12 of the podcast and my name is Lo, one of your co-hosts and I'm here with my lovely amazing co-host here, Princess Streeter. Hey Princess.
0: Hi Low. It's not even like it's been a long time no talk. But we've been we took a little hiatus. You know, and I'm, I am apologize for that. Yes, we're sorry, but you know what? We are back on the grind, back on this podcast grind. I mean, we have so much to talk about. The WNBA season did end, um, but don't think we weren't watching. Just because we weren't recording, don't think we weren't watching. So what is it? This is going to be like our review podcast, right? We're going to just go through the whole season.
2: Yes. So we're
1: gonna,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. so
1: we're going to talk about everything. We're going to talk about the playoff. A lot has happened since the last time we recorded. The last time we recorded was like a playoff preview. And, uh, like I said, we took a little hiatus because both of us had a lot happening in our personalized professionals, so our schedules were just kind of out of whack no matter how hard we try to meet up to to record. Next thing you know, we're at game five. So we're going to just review everything that happened during the playoffs um, as well as some of the more recent news that has popped up as far as team changes, relocating, you know, a lot has happened. And also touch on a couple of things that are are outside of the kind of still relate to, and so whatever. So let's start off with the very beginning of the playoffs. You wanna take it from here, Princess?
0: Yes, I will take it from here. So, I mean, can we just start by acknowledging all the talent and all the excitement that went into this year's twenty seventeen WNBA playoffs. I mean the postseason was really, really a good one, full of good storylines. So At the top of the playoffs, at the very beginning, um, the Seattle Storm and Phoenix Mercury met up. We pretty much knew that Seattle would be knocked out in the first round, which is what happened. Um, And on the other side of the bracket, the Dallas Wings and Washington Mystics met up in Washington, where Washington went on to play the New York Liberty. Um, And I must say, the, the Mystics and Liberty game was quite an upset, not even an upset, but for me, going into New York, the environment that is in Madison Square Garden for the WNBA. I was like, especially with kind of how Washington had been moseying through the end of the season, I was a little nervous. But Christy Tolliver reigning all of those threes all over New York City, it was crazy. I mean, definitely a record-breaking performance. Just solidified her as a really great shooter and guard in the WNBA. And they went on to face the Minnesota Lynx. Um, And like I said, on the other side of the bracket, this is all while we're still in the single elimination games. The Phoenix Mercury went into Connecticut. And when we were doing our um, playoff previews, I had Connecticut taking that one easily. I was like, oh, Connecticut's going to knock them off. They're on a roll. John Jones, most improved. Um, Kurt Miller, coach of the year. He also won basketball executive of the year, which is an inaugural award in the WNBA. And I was like, Phoenix, I'm sorry, like pack it up. But to much of our surprise, um, Phoenix went in and knocked off Connecticut on their home court. Um, But it was still, you still can't knock all that Connecticut did this season. John Cole Jones with her amazing play. I mean, the Thomases, I know they're not related, but um, Jasmine Thomas, you know, I, I just think they had such a very productive season. But again, the Phoenix Mercury went on to play the Los Angeles Sparks and as many of us across the WNBA and, you know, viewership knew, there was pretty much going to be a um, final series between the Los Angeles Sparks and the Minnesota Lynx, which is exactly what happened. Um, LA knocked off Phoenix and the Lynx knocked off. They actually swept the Mystics. Um, I think they actually they both swept. Yeah, both swept those teams. So go on to the finals, and then I want to get your thoughts on exactly how how big was this year's WNBA finals compared to last year's? Because for me, I feel like there's a little bit more excitement coming down to the wire, of course, with um, the WNBA and last year and NECA and the big shot. And then that being the new format, nobody really knew how that was gonna unfold. This year being its second year, uh, we were just trying to see if Minnesota was going to have a redemption moment, which they did. And, um, you know, their core getting their fourth championship what exactly I think do you see as a big difference from last year's WNBA finals to this year? I mean, Minnesota took it all.
1: Um, well, for starters, well, before we, I even answered that part of the question, I just want to give a shout out to the Dallas Wings and to the Connecticut Sun, because those two teams impressed me wholeheartedly throughout the entire series, even though They were, especially the Connecticut, you know, they were up against a more experienced team as far as, like, uh, playoff experience is is concerned. Both teams, I think, played hard. I think both teams actually gave, you know, their opponent a run for their money. I actually was surprised that Dallas didn't take it against the Mystics because of the way they were playing. It was so aggressive. It was a very, very chippy game from what I remember, too. And Connecticut, I think, honestly... Like I said in the previous podcast, I think it came down to experience. I think if the Connecticut Sun had um, more veterans on the team or even if they've been in that kind of situation in more recent years, I would definitely have seen them beating the Phoenix Mercury. And I think the future is right for both squads. Um, New York Liberty and Mystics, I mean, whatever. Because I was there. I'm still salty. <laughs> so you have to excuse me because there was, there was was it was bad how that – Transpired. But you gotta and, give
0: some props. I mean, what was it? No, nine I
1: threes, I think, in the no, Christy Tolliver single-handedly mm-hmm. decimated the Liberty. And looking at it from the perspective of a Mystics fan, they were very impressive because they were not the favorites coming in. A lot of people had their money on New York because New York just came off of a 10-game winning streak. And for them to go out the way they did. A lot of people were disappointed, especially for the Liberty fans. You know, this is the third consecutive year that we've gotten so close to the finals or so close to being competitive and, uh, you know, moving on to the next round, and we didn't. Um, it's kind of like we plateaued somehow. And it's I think it's a combination of maybe them plateauing as well as the Mystics showing up. You know, they came there with that mindset of we're going to win this game and we're going to move on to the next round, and that's exactly what they did. They achieved their goal. So shout outs to those teams. Um, as far as the finals, if it was more uh, – if it was different than last year, I definitely think it was. I think, for lack of a better word, I think the Lynx were stunned by last year's loss, you know, controversial play possibly. Some people debate whether that play – you know, certain calls that were made down in the stretch towards the end of the game were should or should not have made been made, so um, I think – on top of just coming back and trying to win the game, I think the Lynx had that bad taste in their mouth coming from last year. For the fans, I think it, it was great to see another matchup because you haven't seen a real rivalry in the WNBA in a long time. And I think for a rating standpoint, for fans, you have two teams that, you know, genuinely have that kind of, not hate for each other, but there's definitely that competitive edge every time you see each other, see them play each other. So, I definitely think that was it. I think the Lynx were focused this year more than ever before, but you still couldn't count out the, the Sparks because they were still doing their thing. And I think that if there is a team that could surprise or upset the Lynx, it would have been the Sparks. But it was just so eerie to me how this series literally mimicked last series. Like every game, mm-hmm. like it was so, it was like almost like you were watching last year's game. Like, the first two games were just, like, so riveting, you know, down to the wire. Like, I'm literally on the edge of my seat every single time. I think one game, I think game three I didn't watch because I, I wasn't I wasn't home or something. But game four, I told myself, I'm like, if the Sparks don't close it out at home, they're, they're not winning the championship because I do not think that the Lynx would let the Sparks do what they did last year and win on their home court again. Like, it's not happening, you know. So that would have been the, t- the time for them to close it out they didn't close it out just like last year. And even in game five, you know, I think the Lynx had the upper hand for a majority of the game, but the Sparks just would not die. Like they just had life in them down to the very, very, very end. And I think Maya Moore shooting that shot out with a couple of, less than a minute left in the game. I think that was the one that sealed the deal. And then they went on to redeem themselves. You know, and there's, of course, there's all these theories about them always winning on odd years and, you know, Maya winning every other year throughout her career since high school. You can factor all that in. But I think, take you know, at the end of the day, the Lynx showed up and they did what they had to do and they redeemed themselves. And I think the better team won.
0: The thing is, I think with this final series was just that whoever started off the game the best is who ended up winning every single time. I mean, the first yeah. Thing- I was shocked. I mean, it was something like a 31 to two advantage that the Sparks had on the Lynx, And it was like in all the times that they have played this season, I would have never guessed that that type of matchup would even be. It would even come of something like that, like you have superstars on that team and they ended up losing that game. It kind of went tit for tat, you know, there really was no home court advantage or anything like that. I mean that was it was just a really big indicator that however you start is really going to be a defining factor in you winning um i thought that was so important and in this final series maya moore spent a lot of time in foul trouble and my thought was just like maya we they really need you on the floor you know you have to defensively be a little bit smarter than that and you know thank goodness for sylvia Fowles, who was the league mvp and ended up being the finals mvp who came through so clutch with her record-breaking performances i mean she was a double double machine completely unstoppable 20
1: rebounds in game five 20 whole rebounds 20 (laughs) 20. (laughs) that i mean like 20 rebounds like are you kidding me
0: yeah unstoppable like there was nobody who could stop her on the glass and i mean NECA NECA did a good job defending her, I would say, throughout the series, but it just ended up being who was the stronger person on the glass and on the block, and that ended up being Sylvia.
1: I will say this though, even though game five was for the Lynx, there were a couple of questionable calls during game five that I felt were not fair at all to the Sparks. I don't like there was one call, like literally. I think it was a call that was called on NECA. I don't know if it was the call that made her that that caused her to be, you know, to be kicked out the game because she had six fouls. I'm not sure. But it was one call on NECA. And when they did the slow-mo, I'm like, she didn't touch anybody. Like she didn't touch anyone. So I was just like, why is she picking up another foul? Like it was some of those calls, I think the links would have won regardless. But I just feel like if you want to be fair, be fair. And some of those calls were hella questionable. And I know on my Twitter feed, it was just like WTF.
0: I don't even think it's a thing of fairness or home court advantage at this point You or at this level in basketball. I think it comes down to referee training. I mean, last year, the league put out a statement, you know, admitting to some faults that were going on in terms of referees and calls and plays um, in the final series. And they tried their best to rectify a lot of it, but the rest still aren't perfect. And it just shows that, you still need a lot of training going forward to make sure that things like that don't continue to happen because if you have viewership and especially in a big game or a big matchup like this or like that one was, you got to be spot on, especially as the refs. Like that could really change the tide of the game, not even changing the victor or the deciding factor. but That could just change the whole momentum of the game with the calls that are put on certain plays.
1: Absolutely. But it was still definitely uh, one of the most exciting series that we've seen in a while. Definitely lived up to last year, if not better. Um, Viewership obviously is up according to ESPN's numbers. All across the board, social media engagement is up. So I think this series, as well as the season is just a huge one for the WNBA. And they ended the season in such a remarkable way. And I can't wait to see what else is gonna happen? And just once again, congratulations to Sylvia Fowles for winning MVP as well as finals MVP. Rebecca Brunson is now the first WNBA player to have five championships. Uh Planet Pearson got to retire with a ring. So all around, I think this win for the Lynx had a lot of sentimental value outside of just redeeming themselves. You know, they could have won and pushed it all just to make sure that Planet had a win. And you know, all those, I think all those accolades are kinda of like the icing on the cake. Question. But, oh, yes, ma'am.
0: <laughs> I kept I kept seeing this debate online. So I'm gonna ask you, because I feel like you would have a little bit more insight on it. Okay. Houston Comments, four championships. Those were consecutive, of course, those opened the league, of course. Minnesota Lynx now have four championships. Who Oh,
1: I oh. see where you're going.
0: If there was a, a final series, best of five That's between mean. the Houston Comets yes. and the Minnesota Lynx, <laughs> best of five. who's taking it? And would there be a sweep? I gotta ask. Would there? Could there be the possibility of a sweep in there? I think. <clears throat> this
1: is the hard one. There's definitely not a sweep, so let's get that off the table. Okay. I would go with the links because I think the game has evolved since the Comets were, uh, you know, reigning supreme. I think the way the game is played has changed. I think the way young girls come up playing has changed. Um, So I think, and I'm not saying that, there are certain players back then that couldn't be superstars now and vice versa. I don't think it will be a blowout. I think it will be like one of those games that are very, very close throughout. But I think just because of just the evolution of the game and how players have just changed their game and magnified their game and they're just, you know, my, like Maya can do everything. When you really think about it defensively, she could defend, she could score. She could do so much different things and five olympians on one squad like that's i i personally think the Lynx would win if it were to be between them and the comments
0: mm-hmm. i
1: could be wrong and i'll be honest like like i've said plenty of times before i didn't grow watch the WNBA in the very beginning so my exposure to the comments is not as broad and like in depth as my exposure to the links so going by what i've seen Via you know old footage, conversations with other people, I think that the Lynx would be the ones who would win. But you grew up watching the WNBA, so obviously your opinion is going to be a little bit more different than mine. Which is why me and Princess work because Princess is like a like a lifer, and I'm like new.
0: So we have two different perspectives here. Here you go, talk about a lifer. I think the difference is that. The links are so dependent on their front court while the comments were all about their back court. So mm, okay. the matchups would be so so different. Like when you think about Cynthia Cooper and Tina Thompson and Cheryl Swoops, I think my more could lock up Cheryl Swoops, so I would I would give it that one. But I don't know. Lindsay wouldn't Lindsay wouldn't know what to do with Cynthia Cooper. Like she would blow by her every single time. She just wouldn't know what to do. Like, There's no defender that can really match up to Coop like somebody like Teaspoon could and shut her down and then go on the other end and produce at the same time. Like Lindsay Whalen's not an offensive producer to offset that. She's more of a conductor, facilitator. Mm
1: -hmm. You need somebody
0: who's gonna give her a run for her money. And so with that, I think that's definitely the advantage because Coop is one of the greatest players to ever pick up a basketball. So I definitely will say, of course both teams in their prime and this is completely hypothetical, but I definitely say Houston would take it in 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 four games. I, I think Minnesota could get a win, a win. But I think definitely think Houston got it in four games. That's just that's just my opinion. I haven't seen it on social media. I had to get your thoughts on it.
1: That's the beauty about both of us and our different opinions. And you're probably absolutely right because I'm thinking about I guess I'm thinking about, because, like I said, I didn't grow up watching them. So the players from the comments that I'm familiar with are the superstars. Cynthia Coopers, you know, the Cheryl Soups. Like, that's who I know. Their backcourt, I don't really know of. So someone who's watched it all their life might be able to kind of offer a different opinion because I'm not familiar with their backcourt. And what you said about the uh, links, though, is really, really important about them relying a lot on their front
0: frontcourt. Anything mm-hmm. about that? I like, still get my dunk on it. I'm not even gonna lie, but. Are you lighting incense? A candle.
1: Oh, I was like, y'all yeah, gotta see. I just see a random match going on, And I'm like, what? Is this incense? What mood are you in tonight, princess?
0: I'm trying to just zen out a little bit. You know, we talking basketball, we're back. Like, I just had to, let me zen out. I really didn't think you would notice. I thought I tried to light it a little low, but yeah, there's my Right. My, Got to got to light it. Should have done it before we started recording, but that's neither here nor there.
1: So right, so literally we're a week removed from a lot more than a week removed from the end of the WNBA season, and we get some news now that the Spurs Spurs Entertainment is shopping the San Antonio Stars. Now the rumor is supposedly that they will be going to Las Vegas, and I've seen a lot of differing opinions via social media. Some people are excited about it, some people are not. Um, a lot of people who are WNBA hardcore fans, I think, want the league to be, to, the team to relocate to, you know, whatever market that they're in that doesn't have a team. Personally, I think it would be great to have a team in Tennessee because, and everything that Pat Summit has done for women's basketball, I think that would be a great place. I think the fans there would more than support and appreciate a WNBA squad out there. But then we have Las Vegas, which is obviously one of the most you know, tourist attractions in the entire world, biggest tourist attractions in the entire world. Um, Money-making machine, the center of entertainment during the summertime, basketball is big there with USA basketball, Um, a lot of international basketball that goes there. They have some teams as well, too, on the collegiate level. And um, I think that would be good on a business end for exposure purposes. So uh, there's also news that came out as well that Bill Ambeer would be leaving New York and will become both GM and head coach of the team there. Apparently, uh, coaching staff in San Antonio did not hear about this news until we all learned about it, which is another thing that's kind of interesting. So right now there is, <laughs> yeah, Vicky Johnson apparently they didn't know about it until she found out from us. That's what, I, that's what I saw. So there's a lot of just circulation and rumors. What's confirmed, though, by Spurs Entertainment is that the team is, they are looking to sell the team. That is confirmed. As to where they're selling the team, where is it going, right now all roads leading to Vegas. Um, but who's buying them, where will they be playing, all that is still, I think, up, in the air at this point, if I'm not mistaken. So what are your thoughts about the team moving to Vegas? You know, there's no NBA team there, which is another conversation I saw going. was like, why would you move the NBA team if there is no NBA backing? Or possibly they're using the NBA team to test the market, to possibly bring an an NBA team there because, you know, now the Oakland Um, not Oakland rate. excuse me. There is a football team. I don't remember which one that's moving. To Vegas, possibly they just have an NHL team, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So they're testing the waters as far as bringing professional, major sports there outside of boxing, which boxing I can I can say is the hub. of uh, Vegas is the hub for professional boxing. So, what do you think about uh, the WNBA team possibly moving to Las Vegas, and where would you like to see a team uh, relocate to, or a brand new team emerge?
0: Well whoever is commissioning the city of vegas for like tourism and sports and entertainment is really trying to make las vegas a sports town you are absolutely right the oakland raiders have now moved to las vegas and i'm not exactly sure how they're being accepted because i haven't really followed their numbers but i do see this as the beginning and the blueprint of more professional teams getting a vegas hub i'm not too sold on it i'm also not too sold on bill lane taking over as a coach my first question was so what's going to come of vicki johnson like this was her first year you know she was doing her best with the cards that were dealt ruth riley the general manager um and former WNBA player of the san antonio stars like what's going to happen to the administrators moving out of san antonio i it's all news to me. I have so many questions. And um, we really should get somebody on to talk about this and figure out exactly how moving to a city like that is going to affect. I don't want that team to kind of become oblivious because there's so much going on in Vegas that I don't want the WBA to be an afterthought. Like, I want them to move to a place where, or continue moving to places where they will be. At the forefront, like, okay, we can focus on the WNBA, like Minnesota, like if you just look at how Minnesota embraces women's basketball so much, it's like, y'all should take that as a blueprint and go to more cities like that are similar to Minneapolis, not necessarily where there's nothing to do, but just where there's room to grow and room for the WNBA to have a, a real Stage, I think Vegas, there's so much going on already. The NFL just got there. You know, for this team to get there would be a lot. My thing is I have this weird theory where I want Beyonce to buy a WNBA team and take them back to Houston or be a part of the expansion. And then you have Beyonce as the owner. Like, I feel like that would be such a good, that would be such a good women's empowerment move. And she's already like worth it's half not, a billion dollars. It's not weird. It's hmm?
1: It's not weird for you to say you have this weird thing that you want. It's not weird. It's because everything that Beyonce touches turns to gold.
0: That's all I'm saying. Beyonce yes, she's the WBA so president. And she's so what? She does not have time to be the WBA president.
1: <laughs> we love you, Lisa. We love you. But um okay, maybe
0: you do you out already. That's crazy. <laughs> no, but that would be so dope. I mean, like, that would that would just be so amazing. I mean, her touching in the sports world. I really want Houston to have a resurgence because all the banners that they have, all the history that they have, they have nowhere to hang that. Like they are, they are the greatest franchise of a league and have nowhere to promote that. And I feel like it should be promoted. Like I've, all the, like I'm saying, all the banners, everything that Cheryl Swoops brought, everything that Tina Thompson, Cynthia Cooper, Kim Perot, like everything that they brought to the game should be should be immortalized somewhere and it's not you know that to me is kind of bothersome especially with women's basketball but like I said I'm not really sold on Bill Lane beer as a coach I mean there's also been everything right now was like a rumor mill Um Katie Smith who is just a WNBA championship I mean she had a lot of history with Bill of course she's been with New York um and with coach Lane beer For the past four seasons, they won two championships together with the Detroit Shock in 2006 and 2008. Um, She just knows the team. She knows the players. I mean, when me and you were talking with her in New York, just her rapport with, you know, like I said, the players and the personnel and how she just can dissect the game from a coaching standpoint and a playing standpoint is such a big thing. So I think she'd be a great head coach taking over the Liberty. They got a lot to look forward to their mission especially with tina charles is to have a really deep playoff run make it to a WNBA finals and i'm like katie can do it for you she can do it for you. going back to the stars send them to houston man send them to texas give me a reason to go visit you know
1: <laughs> i agree i think that would be great uh for could you wait a minute could you imagine the Houston Comets gets reinstated. So now you have two teams with four championships. And then for the finals next year, it's the Lynx in
0: Houston. The only thing is that they got the Stars team. They might be the Houston Comets name. <laughs> but, they, oh <laughs> but they still got the Stars roster. So I don't know about next year. Okay. But All right, five to ten. That's I, the theory. I love it, though. I'm sold on it. If well, we can I'm make that storyline of the life new, look, listen, new team, new ownership, right?
1: Same possibly, thing. possibly a new coach. I feel like in those scenarios, there there has to be roster changes. I think there were. There's probably going to be roster changes regardless if they were going to be moved or not. But there has to be roster changes because, you know, like. I don't know. Possibly. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see where they end up. Because, like I said, right now it's the rumor mill. You know, I wonder who's going to buy the team. I don't know if it's going to be a private investor, if it's going to be a company, if it's going to be a big brand. You know, Vegas is full of casinos. So, possibly a casino may own them and bring them to play in their home arenas. You never know what's going to happen. And I am, I'm, I'm excited because I, at the end of the day, I just want the WNBA to be like out there. Like I want everyone to want to go to the games. I want it to be like the hottest ticket in town. I want people to like, and not just fair weather fans. Like I don't want it to just be like, oh, we're tourists and we're in Vegas. Let's stop at a WNBA game. You know what I mean? Like I want like Nevada to really embrace them. Like these are our girls. This is our team. We finally have a professional women's team here and Mm -hmm. I want them to go hard for their city. Like that's what I hope no matter where this team lands, That's what I always want. And I want it to be so crazy, like you have to catch a game when you're in town. Whether you're a celebrity, whether you're a tourist, whether you're just a a local, like whatever you are, like I want it to be there. And I, I see the positives in having it in Vegas more so than the negatives. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe it's a case where you have to grow what you have before you expand even more. And Vegas is probably, from a business standpoint, the thing that will help put the league further out there and build off of all the strides they've made for exposure this year. And then they can entertain you know, bringing up a brand new team back in Houston. Or if another team chooses to sell their team, then relocating it there. We don't know what's going to happen. This is why we need to have Lisa Borders on our show to figure out what is the method behind how madness.
0: Right, because it does seem like madness now. I mean. <laughs> for us we are always talking about expansion 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 but i love the point you made sometimes you gotta grow what you have and make sure that that is sustained before you can just start throwing teams up in all these cities because when you start throwing teams up you gotta hire staff you have to hire players you gotta hire coaches i mean it's big but
1: and that's something that i've heard lisa i'm sorry to cut you off that's something that i've heard lisa talk about in interviews that she's done because i know in a couple of like post game or pre event interviews whatever you know whatever she has talked about growing what you have and, and making sure that what the, the teams that are here are lucrative that are sustainable and that can sustain themselves before expanding so expanding yes is something that they want to do um it's i think it's a, it's inevitable if they continue if they want to grow the league but it's like what's the point of growing if you have franchises that are honestly struggling cuz the stars were struggling, not just on the court, but I'm sure off the court. You know what I mean? They weren't doing; they haven't been doing well. I, I personally think, ever since Becky Hammond left, they haven't been the same. They have a lot of talent down there. Like it's not that they don't have the talent; they have great talent. But you know, something wasn't clicking. Maybe if they gave Be- uh, Vicky Johnson another year, maybe you would have seen it start to manifest next year. So they have the potential, but something just wasn't; hasn't been clicking over the past couple seasons, but we'll see what happens. Hopefully they keep the team together in their new city. I hope that, you know, we don't see a whole new team cause then you gotta wait for them to build and mesh and gel and chemistry. And that might take some time. I hope that with the girls they have now, they respect that bond they have. And majority of the girls go to the new team, add whatever pieces you need to, like as if they weren't moving. Uh, get a coach, and uh, I don't know if Vicky's going to go on board or if they're hiring new people, but whatever they choose to do, I just hope – I wish them the best of luck. And I will be there. Wherever they go, I will be there for the opening game. Mark my words.
0: Tickets um, to Vegas on you? We'll see. Um,
1: (laughs) We'll see. We'll see how my pockets look like then, hopefully.
0: True. My thing is, I just think like you said, I don't think they gave Vicky Johnson a chance. I mean, your first year in the league, and then all of a sudden your team is just whisked off. Like you don't know until the last minute, and then Bill Lanebeer takes over. I mean, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of coaching changes in the WNBA. Um, Dan Hughes took over this as the head coach of the Seattle Storm after Jeannie Bouchek was fired during the season. Gary Kloppenberg took over as interim, interim coach. Now you have Dan Hughes in, who was a very impressive WNBA coach. His last team that he coached with was the San Antonio Stars in 2016. So he took a brief retirement. I think he called it a retirement, but just a little hiatus from the league. He actually is at third most wins all time in WNBA history with 237 wins. And then we can't forget, there's still an opening down in Atlanta. Michael Cooper was fired as the head coach of the Atlanta Dream after a 12-22 and season, which is their worst season since 2008. Um, Showtime Coop just couldn't produce. So, I mean, there's some opportunities there for, you know, growth and change. Dan Hughes took over. We got to look and see who's going to take over in Atlanta. And there's a lot to look forward to in the league in this upcoming season.
1: I'm just hoping that all this juicy information continues throughout the offseason because this is a long offseason you know what i mean like
0: a, is a way way. yeah
1: yeah exactly we got a long way to the draft um so i hope that you know i'm off of shock value trust me so if you <laughs> want to keep the shock value coming and keep having us and keep giving us things to talk about on our podcast related to the WNBA during the offseason please we welcome Anything, But the good thing is, during the off season, we will be covering college basketball. And I, who normally don't watch college basketball that much, but this season I'm going to fully immerse myself in it. I'm going to be counting heavily on (laughs) Princess to guide me through it a little bit. But I'm going to immerse myself wholeheartedly into women's college basketball and not just tune in a little bit later in the season closer to the final four.
0: And you know what? That can only benefit you because when we start talking about draft stuff, like you're going to be in the know. You're going to be going up to the players, asking them how was your process coming back from your injury? This, that, and the third. And I'm going to be like, look at Logo. She
2: she started <laughs>
0: She knew the college basketball circuit, and look at her now. But no, you're really going to see. You're really going to see so much talent and so much grit when I it comes see. to college basketball. I-
1: and that's the thing, like sometimes, and I do it all the time, like I'll go to like a final, I'll watch the final four. Or like two years ago, I went to the, uh, I didn't see the very end, but I did go to see the final four in Indiana. And I was just sitting there like, how come I didn't tune in sooner? Or how come I didn't like go to game sooner? And I definitely want to take in more games because I'm in New York. So I'm like an hour and a half away drive from Rutgers University And I'm probably two hours from UConn. So I kind of don't have an excuse. Like I'm next to two of the one, some of the best programs in the entire country. And it's a hop, skip and a way to get to DC where there's, you know, Maryland and Georgetown and all these other great programs too. So this this, uh, off season, I'm going to definitely try to get in to watch some games. And I'm also going to try to, uh, I'm going to make sure I watch a lot more because I do want to, you know, and I do want to build a relationship with the, the players too, before they get into the pros as well.
2: You there know, you go.
1: To to the entire time, but well, um, I'll tell
0: you now some things to watch for are yeah. of course, Yukon, period, but South Carolina, Asia Wilson will be yeah. healthy and I pray she stays healthy throughout her entire last season and then another player to watch for is Kelsey Mitchell from Ohio State. A lot of people thought she was gonna leave Ohio State early and okay. um, jump into the draft, but she didn't. She, Her and her dad, her dad is kind of like her personal LeVar Ball, not as extreme, but he's, um, he's very vocal and very involved in her process and basketball career. Nothing wrong with that, of course. Um, and so he went on Twitter and was like, no, I'm shutting everything down. Kelsey's getting her degree, then she's going to the WBA or making her next decision overseas, whatever that may be. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, you know, dads always want you to take the best yeah. plan, of course, for your life. So, Mr. Mitchell, we appreciate you. you, and we'll definitely be watching Kelsey in this upcoming season.
1: Speaking of playing overseas and stuff, I want to shout out Roz. Um, I was listening to her latest episode of Vulgar Magic, her podcast with Yvonne Orji of Insecure. And on the past episode, she did a top five myths of the WNBA that she debunked. And one of the things is that the WNBA players are broke and they make no money. And she basically debunked that by talking about the different ways that the WNBA players make money. And a lot of the times it's unfair because they're compared to The men, and obviously when you're comparing them to the NBA players and any other sport, uh, dominant male sport, yeah, they may not make as much, but she broke down how they make money. They make money in the WNBA, and it's honestly relative to just four months. It's not playing over a year, and they're making that amount of money. And then they go play overseas, and now they're making six figures, well into six figures, close to a million dollars, and the money's tax-free. They live in housing that is taken care for them, and they have transportation taking care for them as well. So all that money they get to stack up. So in all actuality, the players are making money um, more than me, unless you know that. So they, you know, I just want to shout her out for continuing to be a champion for the league and really breaking it down. If you haven't listened to it yet, it's on iTunes right now. Um dope episode. Just want to shout her out because when you just said overseas, I just thought about that. Another thing they talked about on the podcast, which I didn't want to talk to you about too, Princess, is we're kind of late, so excuse us, but Cam Newton's comments, right? So Cam Newton made those stupid, tired comments the other day uh, when the young lady asked him, the young journalist asked him the question and about routes uh, related to football. And, you know, he was basically acting like a teenage boy talking to his friends when he said that. And it just made me think about like just different times that like, you know, us as women, like in the sports industry, we're like confronted with, you know, whether it's blatant like his or subliminal moments where we have to kind of watch what we say or watch what we do and how we conduct ourselves and doing our job because we don't want to, it's kind of like walking on eggshells because we don't want someone to misunderstand or misinterpret our actions or our words. Uh, did you ever have a moment like that? Cause I could think of two actually, but did you have a moment like that?
0: Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the walking on eggshells part comes with interacting with male athletes. Um, because a lot of people may assume that if you're having an extended conversation with them that you guys are dating or especially if you're around the same age group, sometimes ethnicity, um, they think you're dating so you have to stand six feet away from them not look into their eyes um because I did have an instance like that I was in college of course interviewing other college one other college basketball player and um one of my quote unquote mentors um he doesn't mentor me anymore because I don't really like him that much but he was like um you know information I just want to make sure like you know your conversation stays on topic he didn't even hear the conversation we were talking about um i knew a little bit of the athlete's background so i was asking him he's actually from north carolina and i was like you know related to him that way like oh yeah i'm from north carolina this that and the third so i don't know if he just heard that part and thought that it was a flirting situation but long story short he pulled me to the side and was like i just want to make sure that all your conversations stay on topic you know and it doesn't come off like you're trying to like you're here for the wrong reasons and i didn't really have a rebuttal at the time i was like 20 19 or 20 i don't have a rebuttal but i was just kind of like okay but you know if another guy had can you know i'm I'm, it's definitely sexist because if a guy was like yeah i'm from north carolina this is what i you know this is what we have in common x y and z oh yeah i know so and so we have a mutual connection mutual friend you know i don't think it they would have gotten pulled to the side the same way and i'm like I don't want this guy we all know when it comes to communicating with athletes or whatever it may be you, you kind of got to break the ice sometimes they got to be able to trust you and tell you things and even as a young age even at a young age I knew that was important um, so that was my only instance where I really had felt like I had to walk on eggshells because at the time during the conversation I didn't feel like I had to but after it made me very cautious on how I looked to other people when I talked to athletes or coaches um, I have to, I can't look too invested in the conversation, you know, just for the outlier, I think.
1: I'm just going to give you two quick examples. Uh, first, I remember my first time ever covering an NFL game. I covered the Patriots versus the Jets, and I had to interview uh, a... Patriots player after the game and I remember walking into the locker room and I'm so used to the WNBA players where they give the girls time to change their clothes and shower before we're allowed to enter the locker room or before they shower we're allowed to enter the locker room but not the guys. so I walk in here and I see nudity and nudity and more nudity and I had to make sure where my eyes landed because I'm the only woman in the locker room and i didn't want anyone to come off the impression thinking that i'm looking at these guys you know literally walking past me with no towel on fresh out the shower and i'm 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 uncomfortable you know what i mean like some women maybe they may have enjoyed it or enjoyed watching i was hell uncomfortable because number one it caught me off guard number two it's not what i'm there for number three i'm um, ill i have a man so it's like you know i had to make sure i had to keep my eyes straight forward and i remember talking to the guy and he in interviewed me with a towel only on or wrapped around his waist and I said hey you know you want me to do you want to take some time to change and he's like no I'm good and I'm like okay and um the second time um actually I reached out to one of my favorite writers um when I first wrote my very first story and he critiqued it and he's like whenever you need um advice or anything let me know so that's what I did and I said, you know, whenever you're in town, let's meet up and let's you know maybe get grab a bite to eat so I could pick his brain. So we were supposed to meet up, uh, but we didn't meet up and then out of nowhere one time he just messages me and he's like, you know, I just I don't want you to get upset, but I got back with my ex-girlfriend, and you know I know you're gonna hate me for that, but you know, we decided to work things out and I'm like, <laughs> um, we were just supposed to talk about, I was like, I'm not mad. I don't know what you thought this was, but I thought we were going to meet up so I could pick your brain and we could talk about sports and the business, not go on a date. So just for all the young women out there, you know, just unfortunately it has to be for young women just be careful, you know, just make your intentions, I guess, known in the very beginning. It's unfortunate that we have to do that, but you know, obviously some men just take it upon themselves to think that you know, we're interested in them or we're willing to do certain things in order to get ahead or that's how we're looking at them. And you are I was completely caught off guard and floored because I was like, bro, ain't nobody looking at you like that. Like, ew, I don't care about your girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? So keep your personal life to yourself. So that's just a quick story. So like I said, ladies, just, you know, be careful, make your intentions known um, and keep doing your work and keep working hard and keep, you know following your dream and don't get deterred by that. So that's my quick story for today. And that's how we're going to end episode 12. It's so good to be back. I missed you guys. I miss you too, princess. I'm seeing your face. <laughs> I got tired of seeing your face only
0: on Instagram. So. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> yeah, it's, it's been quite the hiatus. We'll make sure we're more consistent, especially with the women's college basketball season coming up. Right you are women's basketball fan if you're basketball fans in general, keep tuning in. We'll have some really good interviews coming up, some really good news as it happens, and, of course, our takes and thoughts on it all.
1: Right. So make sure you follow us on social media, at The W Podcast on all social media. Follow me, at Beyond the W, on all social media. And you can follow Princess at PB Street underscore on Twitter and at Princess B Street, Streeter? on instagram yeah there you go you got yeah, it yeah bam i got it all right the song we're going out to today you know what how you feeling because we're, we're talking about girl power we're going out to bodak yellow by cardi because we haven't congratulated her yet on the show <gasps> so that's going to be our outro for today
0: all right low setting all right
1: <laughs> all right guys take care love you talk to you soon
0: bye
2: guys hey. Low. You can f with me if you wanna. These expensive, these is red bottoms, these is bloody shoes. Hit the score. I can get them both. I don't want the tools, And I'm quick cutting off, so don't get comfortable. Look, I don't dance now, I make money moves. Say I don't gotta dance, I make money move. If I see you now speak, that means I don't with you. I'm a boss, you a worker, worker. Ch- I make bloody moves Now she say she gon' do what or who? Let's find out and see Cardi B, you know where I'm at You know where I be You in the club, just to party I'm there, I get paid a fee I be in and out them bands so much I know they tired of me Honestly, don't give a f- About who ain't fond of me Drop two mixtapes in six months we breaking as hard as me I don't bother with these don't let these bother me. They see pictures, they say ghosts. I'm who they tryna be. Look, I might just chillin' some babe. I might just chill with your boo. I might just spill on your babe. My p- feel like a lake. He wanna swim with his face. I'm like, okay, I let him get what he wants. He buy me East Leran and In the new wave, we're gonna go fast as a horse. I got the trunk in the front. I'm the high in the street, know you probably heard of me. Got a bag and fix my teeth. Hope you know it ain't cheap. And I pay my mama bills. I ain't got no time to chill. Think these things be mad at me. They baby father wanna build. You can f with me if you wanted to. These expensive, these is red bottoms, these is bloody shoes. Hit the school, I can get them both. I don't wanna choose. And I'm quick, cutting. So don't get comfortable Look, I don't dance now I make money move Say I don't gotta dance I make money move If I see you now speak That means I don't f*** with you I'm a boss who I work I make blood